And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Mythbits. You made an excellent choice. Hey everybody, and welcome to the World of Mythbits magazine review. I'm sure you've probably noticed at least one of two things. First, I'm not Jenna. <laughs> uh, Jenna has moved on to other things, and until we find a suitable replacement, or uh, Tim decides he wants to tackle the magazine review, after he gets a few more podcasts under his belt, I am it. Yes, I am back. I mean, technically, I created the magazine review, and I launched the magazine review. I edit the magazine. So it's only fitting that I return to the magazine review until we um, can get Tim up and running with the magazine review. So the magazine review shall go on. And you've probably also noticed that this week there have been two episodes of The World of Myth Bits released. Um, the regular episode and then this one. So what we have decided we're going to do as well with the magazine review is that the magazine review is going to be a standalone once a month. It is still going to be attached to the World of Mythbits podcast, but instead of having one of those weeks be the magazine review, the magazine review will be done separately. Um, that way it allows for other hosts to come in and record when they have time. Um, it's not a crunch time thing where it has to be done for next week. Um, so yeah, it'll kind of be, you'll get two episodes one week and one of them will be the magazine review. So here we go. Um, I will not be, um, okay. I'm going to put this out there right now. I'm not Jenna. I cannot do the magazine review the way Jenna did the magazine review. She was amazing at it. Um, I just don't do the magazine review that way. So, with that being said, I'm sure you all remember how I used to do it. We are going to dive right back in and see if I still got the chaps for it. All right, everybody. Wish me luck. Here we go. Okay, so first up, we have Last Call by James Rumpel. And this is a Drabble. We're starting with Flash and Drabble, of course. You know, that's where you always start. <laughs> when I was reading this, my, my I mean, it's only like 100 words. So when I was first reading it, I'm thinking, okay, so the guy's going to come out and he's going to realize like he's dead. Or, you know, he's, he's, he's dreaming or something. I was not expecting fangs. I, I, that that last line co totally caught me unaware. So it was not what I was expecting. Um, it was very well written, and it kind of leaves you going, oh, crap. So I really enjoyed Last Call. Thank you, James. Uh, back we go. Prophecy. Christopher Bice. Okay, Chris. I mean, come on, really? <laughs> <laughs> you have just gotten better and better and with prophecy as with I find a lot of your pieces especially since you've branched out into drabbles is I'm want I'm wanting more I'm wanting something um, 
bigger, something longer, something more in depth. And I'm looking for that, 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 ah, come on, give me more, give me more, give me more. Um, excellent job. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I love the fact that you kind of went into um, old druidic myth and lore and kind of pulled from that and um, pulled on like the prophecies and the things that you can find within druidic lore. Um, it was really well done. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It pulled me right in. And again, it's just a drabble. I want more. I always want more. You guys know that. I always want more. Time by Gabriella Balcom. This one... This one really pulled at me. This one really kind of... Um, hit you in the feels. I mean, for, for lack of a better expression, and I mean, in all reality, I really do hate that expression. But this one you're reading it and you're almost reading it as okay it's it's a woman and this is what she's experiencing but because the woman's name is Gaia that means earth mother earth so then you you kind of come at it from that aspect from it's our it's our mother earth that that we're hurting we're killing we're she's screaming and nobody's listening um yeah, it was it was a very powerful piece. Very powerful piece. And then we have something better, teaser number 12, Joey from Jim Bates. Now, I have read something better, the book, and I read the pieces as they were being put in the world of myth. And I highly, highly, highly recommend you pick up this book and you read it. It is an incredible book. And um, each one of these teasers kind of gives you a little snapshot of what's happening at that particular stage in the book. And this section, Joey, is all about Matt's dog. Um, it was a really touching piece. And it, it really, it, it's, it's not only a touching piece, but it's, your heart stops. It really, as a parent... Um, it kind of like that whole scene at the creek, just at the river, just kind of pulls at you. So, yeah, I would highly recommend. And I really am going to be very sad when these teasers end because I have thoroughly enjoyed reliving the book through these little snapshots of the book. So that's something better. Teaser number 12, Joey by Jim Bates. Now we are moving on to children's literature. Now we have the first one. I'm not exactly sure if she intended for me to put it in children's literature. I'm pretty sure if I remember the email exchange correctly that this is where, like she had said, she'd written a children's story. But this is by Lynn Phillips and it's Your Stepmother Looks Like a Zombie. <laughs> I absolutely love And I want to know, is she? Because you're reading it, and it's it's getting all indications that she is, but she's still functioning. She's still being a stepmom. She's still cooking the meals and doing the things, and she's just wandering the graveyards at night, scaring the pants off little kids. So um, it's very fast-paced. It's very well-written, 
and I, I loved the, um, the, the talk between Jazz and Roxy, like the, how the two of them kind of just bantered back and forth. Um, I found it very, I'm saying I'm a lot, I know, it's been a while. I found it very well written. I thoroughly enjoyed this story, and yeah, uh, as an adult, I loved it. I was sucked right in. Thank you very much, Lynn. It was wonderful. Okay, so now we're moving to Bull by Timothy Law. Now, if you've been following along, there have been um, several ones before, and they're all kind of leading up to something. Bull is no different. This is a character in a larger story. So this is Bull's tale. This is um, kind of who he is and what he is and how he's kind of, you know, trying not to get himself into trouble, but tends to get himself into trouble anyway. <laughs> and he's got some interesting um, encounters with some lizard men. And I love the way that Tim has written it because you're reading it and you, you're you reading it with that, you know, this silly game like you've got that long drawn out s happening and you can like see these lizard men and they're they're little flicky tongues like snakes but um it's it's a wonderful tale now i would put it probably not little kid little kid range i mean there is drinking so you know but um I'm looking forward to seeing the culmination of all of these character pieces that we've been given so far. Um, bull is, he's a bull. He's, he's, he's kind of raw. He's kind of, um, brutish, but not in a, a bullying kind of way. Um, he's got his horse he's got like he's got his you know his his favorite steed you know and and it's it's read it i i want to know like it almost makes me kind of just i want to be in tim's brain because <laughs> some of the things that come out of tim's brain are incredible and this is no different um You've got all of the makings of an incredible fantasy tale. You've got orcs. You've got, um, like, all of it. So I thoroughly enjoyed it, Tim. And uh, go read it. Enjoy it. It's wonderful. It was well written. Uh, okay, so now we are going into fantasy. And I just have to put in a giddy squeak because we have seen the return, at least for the next two more issues after this one of Melissa Ridley Elms. I have missed her writing. I love her style. I love the flow that she has when she's telling a story. Um, she is, if you don't know, she is the author and the winner of the very first OCC and she's the author of Arthurian Things and I am a huge Arthurian nerd. I love anything to do with King Arthur, with Camelot, 
with Guinevere, with Lance. If you notice my first book, the main two characters are Lance and Gwen. And yeah, so just to get a piece from her, I, I did, I, you can ask Dave, I did the happy dance. And then to read it and find out that A, it's not sci-fi. Because Melissa is known for writing, for her love of sci-fi. So to read this and, and realize it is elves, it is the world of elves, it is what is going on in the world of elves, and what happens if there are no more elves. Um, and it kind of all happens, and it's kind of being told in... I don't, I'm not, I can't remember how she described it, but as I'm reading it, it was kind of like they were thoughts in my head. It was like, I was, it was like, you're listening into somebody's thoughts, like a third person, first person monologue like tale. And I thought it was absolutely brilliant because it puts you right into the story. It puts you into that, that character's mind and what they're thinking and what's going on. Um, and this is just part one. And where it leaves us, I'm like, <sighs> I, I, I have all three parts. And I will say I've read all three parts. Just saying. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's you are kind of um, almost like a bystander with this character that is recounting this tale to you so it you really get um a view from their perspective of what's going on so i love and i love the world that she has kind of created there's a lot of world building here there's a lot of of um environmental building so you really kind of build that picture of the area of the terrain of the forests of the elves and what is happening and what what you're seeing so i i yeah i'm very happy that she's back and when the elves are gone is a wonderful tale by melissa ridley elms and then we have people are not always what they seem by gabriella balcom now gabriella appears a lot in our our magazine because she will do multiple submissions and she does them for different categories and she is such an incredible writer and such a um aesthetic writer like the her writing the way she she writes it is physically beautiful to look at it's very easy to edit it's very wonderful to read it reads very easily and it, it quickly creates like within the first paragraph she will create the scenario and and the the environment for you so it's very easy to be in that and people are not always what they seem does that for you from the very beginning and you have this concept of what um ashara what i hope i pronounced that right um what is going on and who these people are and Ishara is not what you think she is. And I'm kind of leaning, I don't know. I mean, I know it was written to where 
you're you're kind of thinking that she's human um but she's got these abilities that are not so yeah it was it was really good and the way she moves like you, you think she's this mild-mannered easy target and oh baba yeah you're wrong <laughs> and i love like the last thing she says is like she's like over so soon <laughs> and i could by the time i got to the end of the story i could see her standing there barely breaking a sweat not even panting and her attackers are lying on the ground like twisted up like little pretzels she's like yeah that's it that's all you got like come on <laughs> so yeah and then and you do find out at the end that she is more than she's not entirely human <laughs> so yeah people are not always what they seem by gabriella balcom well done um okay so now we have Patra's tale part 17 by timothy law and if you've been following along you know things are starting to culminate things are starting to happen they um Patra's army she's with the army they are on the move and they have finally made it to the dock um so you know now that they're there that things are going to start to happen um they're on the ship they they it, it's it's i don't want to give too much away because i know that it's it's going to culminate soon you can just tell by how it's it's starting the pace is getting faster and faster and faster so i'm i'm so excited for this um i can't wait i can't wait i got two days to wait but i can't wait <laughs> and part 17 or part 18 is coming so i hope it better be tim um yeah so their their journey has now progressed to where they are on the boat they're crossing the water things are going and it's the army is moving and things are going to start happening very very quickly from here on out i'm guessing so well done tim i i can't tell you how much i love this tale i really do and i look forward to each piece every month and i am going to be sad when it's over and i'm going to go back and i'm going to read it again so under every grief and pine runs a joy with silken twine by i'm i'm going to try not to butcher your name um if i do i'm apologizing now this is by chitra gopal krishna i hope i did that correctly if not i'm terribly sorry um this is told from a young person's perspective on women and what women endure what women do the mythology of the village women and how basically a village doesn't run without its women things don't happen without the women and the women 
are the ones that grieve. The women are the ones that cry. The women are the ones that carry all of that emotion, all of that, all of the tales of the, the village. And they're the ones that pass those tales on, that pass those legends, those stories, those teachings on to the next generation. So I, I really enjoyed this. I loved the way that it was written. It really put me into the um, era and the, the culture. So thank you very much for that. I enjoyed that. Okay, horror. <laughs> Kathleen Chamberlain, holy moly, welcome to the family. This one, because I'm writing a story that is kind of um, based in Hungarian lore, not the one I'm writing right now, it's one that I'm writing elsewhere. <laughs> as soon as I saw this, I'm like, oh, yes, because Hungarian lore is... Um, very specific on their vampires and their werewolves and their supernatural beasties and, and critters. So I was reading this and I loved the fact, and there, okay, spoilers. I loved the fact that the head of the household was the mom, was the woman. She ran the family. She created the family. She was the head of the family. And her boys, had to find women that pleased her, that that would be suitable to join the family. It was incredibly written. I thoroughly enjoyed the story, and it was such a twist on um, the vampire tale, the Dracula tale. You know, the how how the vampire makes the family, and the the main vampire, the head of the family, was a woman. Yay. <laughs> that was so cool. Because you always see them as men. And, I mean, it's the women. In all reality, women create children. No matter how you slice it, women create the children. So to have a woman as the head of a vampire family that is creating the vampires, her children, is just wonderful. I loved it. Well done. Well then, thank you. Thank you very much. That's Welcome to the Family by Kathleen Chamberlain. And yes, I keep repeating that, like repeating the name because I'm like clicking back. Okay, now we have Midnight Train by Dawn DeBrail. Yeah. I, uh, uh. I love trains, for one. Uh, my grandfather was station master, so I have a thing for trains. This one was was creepy, but in a, a kind of sneaking up on you creep. Like, it, you know right away that nobody wants to ride on this particular train. Nobody wants to take this particular trip. So especially at night. So you were already well prepared that um, things were going to be uncomfortable, but it still kind of sneaks up on you because 
you, and I think it does because you are made aware of it at the beginning of the story. So when it starts to happen, you're like, oh, 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 creepy, creepy, getting creepy, creepy. Um, so when the weird things start happening, like the nightmares and the sounds and the apparitions, it catches you off guard. It's like all of a sudden it's like, boom, they're there. Oh crap. Like you've actually walked up onto an apparition. So <laughs> it was, I, I love Dawn's writing. I really do. I love the way she tells a good horror story. It's like, you're almost sitting around a campfire and they're telling this tale. Um, Yeah. It was a great, it was a good story. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a great story. Midnight Train by Don DeBrail. And then we have, oh, mine, Penance. Okay. I'm, I'm not really going to review mine. I'm just going to kind of tell you The Road to Hell is Always Paved is kind of the, the, the subtitle, the title of this chapter. And when I wrote it, I had that expression, The Road to Hell is Always Paved with Good Intentions in my head. And that's kind of where this chapter comes into. You find out how um, Reese met Adrian. You find out who Adrian actually is in this chapter. What is, I do believe you do. Uh, let me just double check because I do write here and there. Ah, yes, you do. And you are also introduced to, I mean, we've mentioned Jaden before. Jaden is the vampire. And Jordan, his twin brother, surprise, surprise, is the werewolf. So you, Jaden actually um, appears in this chapter. He shows up at the door and he tells them, he knows, and he has known for eons who and what Adrian really is. And when he comes out of hiding, he shows up at the door of Tiana's house and he tells them, of course, until the end of the chapter, because it's just how I write. um, He tells them exactly what he learned. Now, one of the abilities that the vampires in this story have is when they drink blood from a victim, they learn absolutely everything there is to know about that person, whether they're supernatural or not. They know their history. They know where they were born. They know what their real name is. If they're going by an alias, they know who they've killed, how many they've killed. They know what superpowers they have, what superpowers they don't have. They know what they had for breakfast. They know if they cheated on their wife or if they cheated on their taxes. They know everything. It's like, they're drinking the blood, but they're downloading all of that information. So when Jaden, when they first met Adrian in Philadelphia, and Jaden drinks from him to create another vampire and to make him vampire, he learned everything. And yeah, by all rights, he should have stopped and not made him a vampire, but he was too afraid not to. So, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, surprise, surprise. So as you can tell by this chapter, things are starting to heat up with penance. Um, I don't normally use a lot of curse words in my writing. Um, and this one ends with a pretty big one. (laughs) So, yeah. So that's penance. Uh, 
The Road to Hell is Always Paved, Part 13. By me. Little me. Now we are going over to Action and Suspense, A Narrow Escape by Joan Locke. Now, Joan is new, and when I read this, I thought, oh, wow. It was kind of, um, kind of a, I, I wasn't exactly sure where to put it at first. Um, and it's, it's kind of short. So I would, would have liked to have seen more to the story. Um, I would have liked to have seen it fleshed out a bit more. Um, but it was a really good story. And that's kind of why I wanted to see more to it is because it is a really good story. It has a beautiful, um, flow to it and it kind of ends on a very suspenseful note so i would have liked to have seen more of the relationship between bob and his wife and more of a conversation more of a um, an intimate it was well written and i did enjoy it but i did feel like um the couple were kind of awkward with each other in the writing uh, that they, it was kind of an awkward conversation, awkward conversation, if that makes sense. Um, but I, I would like to see it a little more fleshed out. But yeah, it's a really good story and it has a really like surprise ending. Like the whole Ted Bundy thing kind of just threw me for a loop. I'm like, oh wow. Um, and that was one of the main things that prompted me to accept it as a submission for our magazine was that it had such a twist at the end of it. It was so good. So I really enjoyed the story, Joan. Um, my recommendation would be just kind of flesh things out a little bit more, add a little bit more intimacy and, and background, but it was great. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Okay, so good-natured people. This one, um, it was, it was, I enjoyed it. It was a good story. Uh, obviously, it's in the magazine. I was a little confused um on the theme it kind of seemed like it was a good like you've got um ellen and what at first i thought was her husband because he is kind of that's what he's playing in the story until the end when you find out they're actually triplets there's three of them um but I think it almost feels like it's the beginning of a bigger picture. It's the beginning of a bigger story. Uh, and that's kind of when it ended. It was like, it was, it was very sudden. It was very cut off. Um, I, I was looking for more and like they take care of Ethan very fairly or not Ethan. Um, they take care of Calvin fairly quickly and, Then Claire shows up looking for her boyfriend and it, it almost seems like that ended, that that was kind of rushed. So I really, really enjoyed it. I really did. It was such a good story and it had such a good, um, flow to it. And I really got pulled into it, but then it stopped so abruptly. So I was, I was kind of looking for more Jim, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was really good and I enjoyed it and it's well-written. Has a heck of a twist. Holy moly. So, Good Natured People by Jim Bates.
Okay, here we go. And now we're going to science fiction. Now, <laughs> okay, so this is Moon Bears by Alan Ashley. And I was torn where I was going to put it because it is a wonderful um, children's tale. It's It's the three bears. It's a wonderful children's tale told in space, told, you know, on out in sci-fi. It's, 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 it was great. And I really enjoyed it. So I was kind of torn between putting it in sci-fi or putting it in children's lit. Um, but it had all of the elements of a good sci-fi story. So that's why I put it in sci-fi. But it's the three bears. I mean, come on. It's the three bears. It's got the porridge. It's got everything. But they're moon bears. <laughs> so, yeah, it was really, really good. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's a cute little piece. And, um, yeah, there is kind of a, a, a thing at the end, like a spoiler alert. The bears might not actually have been bears, but instead you're humans. But, yeah, it was it was really good. It made me giggle. And, um, I really enjoyed it. Boot Bears by Alan Ashley. Um, again, another one that I would have liked to have seen maybe, um, a little more description on the planet that they're on, like the, the, the atmosphere and the environment that they're in kind of put me in that, that space place, <laughs> if you will. Okay. Alright, Soul 12 by Doug Hawley. This one, I enjoyed it for the simple fact that there is so much, um, I can't even think of the word. It's like a tree. Think of a tree. There's so many branches that, and, and so much, um, research to make it flow the way it does. And it, that's how it reads. It's a research. It's like, it's almost like you're reading um, a diary page or a, a captain's not, research log. There we go. That's what I was looking for. And conversations and things that are recorded, written down. And it kind of like goes on, starts at soul one and soul two it's really, really good. I really enjoyed it and I kind of got caught up in it. But I did find it a little, um, I did get, I was a little confused with some of it because a lot of it is a lot of, um, technical talk. So I'm not a real big techie, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's really, it's an interesting way of writing. Um, and I mean, this is February 10th, 2043. So it's well in the future. And it, it just, it's kind of like you've stumbled across this written log of what happened in this lab kind of thing. So, yeah, Soul 12, Doug Holly. And now we are going to humor the dumb. By Doug Hawley. 
this one is just complete and total uh, political satire. It's it's poking fun at the government, and um, I I don't get political, but I did find it uh, parts of it um, pretty funny, and any way that you can pick on those in power and just kind of tongue in cheek, you know, with them. All right. Because yeah, you got to be able to laugh at yourself. So that's the dumb by Doug Holly. And last but not least, definitely not least. Um, this is in a series the name of the series escapes me at the moment. Lisa, I am so sorry. Lisa H. Owens. Let's go to Red Lobster. Things that I remembered wrong. I think that's the name of the series. And we are going to get the title. This is like the second installment in that series. It's called Let's Go to Red Lobster. And it starts in Clearwater, Florida, 1973. And it is her actual memories. She is actually recounting things from her childhood and she tells them with such hilarity. <laughs> I think just, I, wow. <laughs> and I want to know, is this the same car that had the goo on the ceiling of the car? I, I need to know, Lisa. I need to know. Uh, but, and the one that, that your, your dad had to tie the door shut. Yeah, this, this, a lot of, yeah, this is hilarious. So, I love the way she tells a tale. Like, I was just roaring all the way through this. Um, yeah. So, you had a messed up childhood, kid. <laughs> I say kid. We're probably the same age. Um, or she's probably younger than me. But anyway, so let's go to the Red Lobster. Well, no, she, we can't be the same age. I was born in 1972. Anyway, she's had an interesting and hilarious childhood. And she tells the tales with such flair and such... Um, almost a dry humor that yeah they're quite funny so i i really i love reading her pieces i love her tales of things that she remembered wrong <laughs> let's go to the red lobster lisa h owens and that wraps up stories all right we move on over to poems now and a posthumous letter by stephen bruce or posthumous, however you want to pronounce it. Posthumous letter by Stephen Bruce. And as soon as I read this, I wanted to message him and say, are you okay? Um, do you need to talk? Because this just tore me up. Tore me up. It's a goodbye letter. It's a goodbye letter that you're going to get after they're gone. Dead and gone. Yeah, Stephen, if you're listening, dude, if you need to talk, I'm here, man. I am here. 
this was incredible. This piece, absolutely incredible. Like it, it, it literally hit me like a ton of bricks. So it's a posthumous letter by Stephen Bruce. And then we have Captivity by Kathy Sherman, which actually won member of the month this month. Congratulations, Kathy. You now join the ranks of very few who have won three in a row. And this one, again, like her previous two, she uses very little words and makes such a huge impact. Um, it, it's, it tore at me. It really did. It tore at me. It was incredible. Yeah, like this, it really just kind of reaches in and touches you. Um, it was just, yeah, she's, you are an incredible poetess, Kathy. All right. A Ghoul Past His Prime by John Gray. I love John's stuff. I really do. I look forward to it. He sends me his stuff in bulk. <laughs> And I'm supposed to pick and choose which ones I'm going to use. And I can never decide, so I take them all. But I do love the way he writes. I love his stanzas. I love his sometimes tongue-in-cheek humor or his sardonic sarcasm. So, yeah, and this one is is... No, it's it's no different. I mean, this is all about a ghoul that needs new parts. He's past his prime. He's he's past the best before date. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's a ghoul past his prime by John Gray. A little humor in the poetry section, and then we have Keats Creations by Sultana Raza. This because I love Keats. I am a huge Keats fan. I love Tennyson. Um, Browning, all of those. So when I read this one, I'm like, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. So, and then of course there is an optional link that we have attached of her actually reading this poem. So when you listen to her reading it, you get more of the passion, more of the power behind the words that she's written. And the words that she's written are actually pretty powerful to begin with. So, I mean, she's talking about how he's channeled his muse and how he he wrote the things that he wrote like what did he have to sacrifice what did he have to give up what did he have to um what was he willing to give up what did he want to give up to do this so yeah i really enjoyed that keeps creations by sultana raza and then we have prophecy part two by christopher bice now i wanted to say something earlier when I read to you when I was talking to you about the prophecy but I didn't want to give it away. So this is part two and it's in poem form. I love when Chris does like a part one, like his drabble and his poem are connected. It it is such an incredible way to write. I it's it's the this is the first time I've ever seen it done like this where you have one piece and style connected to another piece and style, and it flows so beautifully. So this is the prophecy part two, and this time you're reading it from. Um, he's now a young man. He's eighteen years old, and they're teaching the druids are teaching him, and it's all like how he he 
is meant to be, how he be, how he's being trained to be what he is meant to be. And it kind of gives you a hint of who that is. And it's really, it's well written. I love Chris's poetry. I have loved Chris's poetry from day one and watching him as his, his um, poetry prowess has grown and he has matured as a writer in poetry has just been an incredible thing to see. So I've really enjoyed it and I'm really enjoying, um, I really loved Prophecy Part 2. And then we have Poisoned Air by Linda Impler. And this one, again, is another one that is just fraught with heart-wrenching images. And, and it really pulls at you and it really kind of hits you somewhere deep inside, somewhere primal. And it it's talking, it also, it's a very darkened poem as we start creeping closer and closer to October. Hint, hint, everybody, October. October issue. We want scary stuff. We want Halloween stuff. We want magical stuff. We want stuff. Okay, so it's, it's yeah, it's another one that really kind of has some deeper meanings to it. And it's kind of, it's almost a reflection on what's happening today, but set in a way of witches and priests and, you know, things like that. So Poisoned Air by Linda Impler. Then we have Mother of the Bride Woes by Peggy Gerber. Congratulations again, Peggy, on the marriage of your daughter. And as a mother of the groom, I do not sympathize, or I do not envy mother of the bride. <laughs> so this was a very funny piece. Um, she's talking about all of the things that are happening with the upcoming wedding and what she must do and, you know, how she wants to look because she is mother of the bride. Um, yeah, it's, it's, and then that last stanza just kind of makes you tear up because it's like, Oh, right. My baby's getting married. Her baby is getting married. And it, yeah, it's it was a beautiful piece. I really enjoyed it. Um, well done, Peggy. Well done. Mother of the Bride Woes by Peggy Gerber. And then last but not least, we have The Kite by Pragya Suman. And this... Is, is kind of, it's written in a unique form as well. Um, but again, it's another one that kind of creates a beautiful image in your mind. And, you know, you, you, you kind of get this sense of childlike innocence that doesn't see the scars, doesn't see the deformities, doesn't see the, um, missing pieces but they're still there so yeah the kite by Pragya Suman. now over in the art gallery we have 
Things That Are Strange by Zoe M. Montoya. And I have to say, I have watched this girl from when she first started to draw and share her her artwork uh, four years ago um, to now. And it has been an incredible journey to see her talent and her love for the medium grow. Um, I, I really, I, I actually have a personal attachment to this piece because a, it's a show her and I share together that we love to watch together. And B, I watched this piece being made. She would send it to me in stages as she was creating this piece. So I kind of saw her put it all together and, um, I absolutely loved it. Loved, loved, loved it. I love it, Zoe. Well done. And you have a comment, so you might want to go check it out. <laughs> okay. Now we have Rooted by Trevor Sanders. And this one, it, it's very thorny. <laughs> I love the fact that it's, it's a pencil drawing and... Um, not a digital drawing, a hand drawing, but not a digital drawing. I'm, I'm partial to the, the, the hand drawing. Um, nothing, there's anything wrong with digital drawing, nothing at all, but I just, I guess I'm, I don't know. I, I love the hand drawn things. And this one, I like the, the, it's almost like nature's fighting back in this one. So I really, I really like it. It's rooted by Trevor Sanders. And then we have, we aren't Guar. <laughs> you grew, you're born in the 70s and you kind of grew up in the 80s. You know who Guar is. <laughs> so, yeah, that's by Ed Bickford. Thank you, Ed. Um, I really like that one. And it's just a simple black and white. And then we have Seeing the Truth by one of my favorite artists. It also made the cover of our magazine this month by Clayton Barton. I have enjoyed his artwork since the very beginning. So I really like um, the darkness. And she's kind of, you've got the girl sitting there and she's sitting at the foot of the tree. And you almost think like this monster is coming to get her and she's the victim. But then you look at her face she is no victim. <laughs> Not at all. So that's Seeing the Truth by Clayton Barton. So, and then we have our reviews. We have the World of Myth Bits podcast. Um, that is Jenna's Goodbye podcast, I believe. And then we have E is for Evil, which is the movie review by Jenna. And, um, she does a, a, a review of a series that I actually started watching and I have to go back and watch it again because I fell asleep, not because it was boring, but because I was very tired. So I'm actually enjoying the, the series. Thank you, Jenna. And then we have review of Albert Camus, The Plague by Michael A. Arnold, book review. And it sounds like a really incredible book. He gives a very detailed uh, review on it. So I would suggest you check that out. And then Review of the Kelpies by Michael A. Arnold as the art review. Now I have an interesting story about that particular piece. As I was editing that piece, um, 
I'm looking at this picture of these Kelpies and I'm thinking, oh, they are so pretty. And then I was taking a break from editing and I popped over to Instagram and I oh, no, it was Facebook. I popped over to Facebook and my friend Doug is, um, was in Scotland with his wife and actually had his wife stand there and he took a picture of his wife at the Kelpies. So I actually got to see almost like a live version of what Michael was talking about. So it was really neat. It was kind of surreal. And then you'll find the board of directors minutes. And that, my lovely friends, wraps up this month's Let's try that again. That wraps up this month's issue, episode, issue, episode, this month's podcast of the World of Myth magazine review. I hope I didn't disappoint you guys too badly. Um, And please, if I do give out any criticisms, please understand that they are constructive criticisms. If I hurt your feelings in any way, shape or form, let me know. I am sorry. I am only giving it to you as I see it. Um, I am the editor of the magazine, so I'm giving you my editorial review on your piece. Every single piece in our magazine I have enjoyed, I have liked or loved, which is why it is in the magazine. So don't think that, you know, your piece, because I may have said something negative or constructive about your piece that I didn't like it. It wouldn't be in the, if I didn't like it, it wouldn't be in the magazine. Simple as that. So, okay, everybody, this is it for me for this month's magazine review. I may or may not be back next month, but there will be a magazine review next month. The review will go on. It will endure. You can't stop the review. Just saying. So, All right. Um, Next month is our October issue. So please, if you have October-esque stories, poems, or artwork, artwork, we really need artwork, please get them to me um, before the 15th. This is probably going to come out after the 15th. No, it'll probably come out this week. Get them to me before Friday. I probably should have done this a whole lot sooner. Anyway, um... Wait, no, September's is coming. Okay, yeah, next month is October. So this is the magazine review for August. September's issue's coming out soon. So yeah, but, oh, this is why we're behind. Um, October's issue, anything Halloween-like, scary, haunted, ghosts, vampires, werewolves, howling at the moon, horror, for any genre, that would be absolutely fantastic. Um, we want to kind of do Halloween. We try and do a Halloween themed issue every October, but we take what we can get. Um, we don't always get enough stories in that genre to make an entirely Halloween themed. Um, and don't forget, like you can write about Samhain, you can write about the Celtic New Year, because all those things fall in October. So, all right, everybody. Uh, until next month, have a good one. And y'all know y'all know my taglines from my other show, so go and listen to Lupa's Bits. 
Listen to the World of Myth Bits with Tim Law. He's doing a fantastic job. Don't forget to check out The Three Nose and Pastrami Nation. All right, everybody. I am out of here. Ciao.